two people got hurt literally from falling in practice. Like, I just, you can't make this up. Welcome back, everyone, to Where's My Stick. Um, I'm Christy. And I'm Danielle. Um, all right. So we're kind of doing a little 0.5 episode because so much has happened since the last time we recorded and we wanted to do a quick, quick update on the Bill Peters saga. Um, and as you guys have probably noticed, Kelsey is not with us today. She's fine. She's just a little tired from Black Friday and the holiday season. Um, so hopefully she's getting lots and lots of rest. And so today it's just me and Danielle. Um, sorry. Um, okay. So Bill Peters. So Akima Lu, I think a career AHLer, basically came out and said that Bill Peters said some derogatory remarks against him, like for music that he played in the locker room. And then from then on, Bill Peters hasn't coached a game because the Flames have been taking this very, very seriously. And then the NHL the next day came out with a statement. Bill Peters came out with a statement. And and then outside of Akimalu, Mikhail Jordan alleged that Bill Peters physically assaulted him and he was physically abused on the while he was at the Hurricanes. And then after that, Rod Brindermore he basically confirmed Jordan's statement saying that those incidents for sure happened. And outside of that, Kel and Akimalu both had their statements confirmed by different players around like their respective teams. And then for Akimalu, he said that his captain was the one that confronted Bill Peters to be like, hey, like you can't do this. Whereas um, Bill Peter alleged that he came back immediately, realized what he did wrong and apologized. And Akimalu said, that's not what happened at all. Someone had to confront him and he still hasn't been apologized to. Real quick, let's just clarify a little bit. Or the incident that happened with Akeem Alou, that was in the um, Chicago Blackhawks organization. And the things that happened with Jordan happened in the Canes organization. Yeah. And the, the Hurricanes' former owner, Carmanos, he said, well, he alleged that he would have fired Bill Peters immediately if Ron Francis had told him about these allegations. Um, whereas Ron Francis, he alleged that he had told Carmanos, and then from then on, he didn't hear anything about any um, abuse allegations. And then from there, Bill Peters, he came out with his own statement saying that that he apologized to Brad True Living, first and foremost, <laughs> and didn't apologize to Akimalu, didn't really apologize to anything anybody else, and it seemed very calculated. And Akimalu his own statement saying that he felt that Peter's statement was very misleading and out of and he accepted an invitation to talk to the NHL to talk about this further and that he wouldn't make really a public statement about it anymore. And then soon after Bill Peters he he sent the Flames a letter of resignation and he resigned immediately. Yeah. So that's that on Bill Peters. The thing that I didn't like with the Flames organization, and I think that they handled it pretty well, but I don't understand why Bill Peters sent, like handed in his re- resignation. 
when in my opinion, he should have been fired. Now, this could be just be for show and, you know, to let him to like bow out respectable. <laughs> like, why give him that option? Because what he did was like just fucked up. So that was the one thing that rubbed me the wrong way with, with the Flames. I thought that, you know, it seemed like the the organization and the GM was trying to be transparent, trying to make sure that they had like they were investigating this the right way, but that ending just kind of seemed a little anticlimactic to me. I do you think the Flames did a pretty good job? And even though they did take a bajillion years, they kind of outlined like why they were taking all all this time because they had to talk to Akeem Alou and they had to and then these new allegations came out, so they have to talk to those players and see what was happening from that and um, the one thing that I didn't like really was the, um, Ron Francis and um, Carmanos because it basically mm. just seemed like they were trying to cover their own ass and being like, oh, well, if we knew about it, we for sure would have done something or when and then it comes out like, yeah, we we told you and then you guys didn't do anything. So, LOL. Yeah, I know I was like kind of disappointed in the Flames organization, but like the Peter's apology was just like, keep it. And I just think that shows just the truth in all this. It just shows that's his true colors. Uh, Okay. I just think it's so crazy. I know these guys, they're not like, they're not all like Sidney Crosby or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But they're mm, like, I don't know. I don't know why I feel like I expect this more out of like, junior hockey and like um under 14 year olds hockey but not like the and like you know like the nhl like this is where you've made it mm-hmm. and it's very disheartening to see that like, players are being treated as such like racist not like racist stuff aside but just phys- like you should never be putting your hands on someone Exactly. Like, you know? Yeah. Like, that's There's... just... The disregard for other human life is just ridiculous. Yeah. And it's kind of like when you look at it in a, in a macro lens, like, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised because this is, like, how society is. It's extremely messy. Mm-hmm society is like there's historically there's never been a, people never respected other people's boundaries and their their bodies like so when you look at it that way I'm not surprised but I my heart breaks for Akeem and both of the guys um and Akeem was saying like how like he knew like he sat on this for 10 years and a lot of people um on Twitter were kind of like well why did he wait so long to do this and he like spoke about how like when you speak out about something like this you this is career ending and like it's so true because like in another like obviously looking at another sport but like look at Colin Kaepernick he's probably never gonna play football professionally again and you know look at all the other players of color who have never said anything like this now does that necessarily mean that that's never happened to them i don't think so but they know that you know hockey is 
Like it's not like a long, like you don't have like a long career. healthy career. It's kind of like you need to make your money while you can because honestly, compared to the other sports, you're not going to make a lot. So, I mean, obviously you'll make a lot, but right. compared to that, <laughs> I was thinking like, oh wait, they make millions of dollars, <laughs> but still. So, um, yeah, and Ron Francis. His response just, like, completely rubbed me the wrong way. Like, yikes, Seattle. I've seen people say yeah. that they think that Seattle should drop him as a GM. What do you think about that? I think that's why he's coming out with these statements now to potentially save the job that he has. He's barely started. To being like, yeah, like, if I once someone told me, I immediately told, like, um, ownership to kind of cover his own ass. And I think... Carmanos is doing the same thing yeah. and being like I never heard any of that and like I don't know where the truth is yeah and the sad thing is that we probably never will but I think right. the good thing that happened out of this is that the conversation like it's creating a continuous conversation because so many different quotes are coming out and this is something that happens in hockey mm-hmm. like Every it seems like every other week there's an article released about a player of color being called a slur on the ice. And like this needs to be talked about, but it's it's always like one article and that's it. And you there's no and like maybe you'll see like they ask like Sub like PK Subban what he thinks or like Wayne Simmons, which ironically they people did ask those oh. two players specifically what they thought on the situation. And it was, like, it's disappointing to see their responses because, like, Wayne is, like, Wayne said, I mean, he's pretty sure every black player in the NHL has been called the N-word before in in hockey. Right. Um, by their coach, by their teammates, by opposing team uh, players. And that's just completely disheartening and unacceptable. And then, like, PK said, like, it's, like, sh- extremely upsetting to hear or something like that. And... It's, it's like I mean obviously I value their opinions but also like I don't think you need to ask them every single time like maybe like focus right. like, I don't know <laughs> that's just like rub me the wrong way but yeah like I feel like this whole week like even maybe a week and a half it's been daunting to see all the news that's coming coming out but I think it's pulling back the curtain and showing people that, oh, hockey's not this just great, sweet, nice sport where the guys put their heads down and are sweet angels when they leave the the rink. Like, no. In this sport. And we need to talk about it if we want to make it better for the next generation. And just, like, this is your coach or someone like an assistant coach or something that's doing this to you and this is supposed to be someone supposed to push you mm-hmm. but not to the point where it's like a, a be able to feel safe with this person and the fact that apparently there's so many people in the NHL who don't because they've had like terrible coaches um, and coaches that like verbally and physically abuse them is just it's it's ridiculous and I don't want to be like, it, it shouldn't happen in the NHL, but then it it's also like the social worker in me is just like, abuse happens anywhere, and it's all about control, 
and these coaches are controlling these players by like hitting them to get them to fall in line or saying racist remarks to them to get them to kind of fall in line and fall in step with what they want them to do and make them feel scared so they don't say anything for 10 or five years or however long it is. This is happening like everywhere. This is it's not just like it's not just in the NHL, like it's in the AHL, it's in the C, um, CH or C, yeah, CHL, it's in junior hockey, it's in midget, it's in all these places because this power structure for like you know coaches or that dynamic is in all of those tiers of hockey and guys out there or there's people out there that want to take advantage of younger kids or or take advantage of their you know their place in the hierarchy and you know i mean you have here in the notes that since this came out other people throughout the nhl and hockey have come out with accusations yeah so babcock has been in the news recently outside of him being fired so it came out that in Mitch's rookie year, which was 2016-2017, he basically had Mitch come up with a list. And this list was people on the team that he felt hardworking to the least hardworking. And, you know, Mitch comes with his list and then Babcock assured him that he wasn't going to show, like, the players that he said were the least hardworking on the list or whatever. And then, uh, surprise, surprise, he showed it to them and he told them. Um, and I think Mitch, not Mitch, Mike, he said that he apologized like soon after. And Mitch was like, luckily, he had a good relationship with those guys. So they didn't take like offense or anything. But that is absolutely horrifying and it's an abuse of power. And then. Um, Recently, Chris Chelios, he was on an episode of Spitting Chicklets, and he said that Babcock verbally abused players in Detroit, specifically Johan Franzen, who I believe suffered from depression, and he had, like, concussion issues. Um, And then Franzen, he came out and he said, I think he lives in Sweden now, so he came out and he basically corroborated what Chelios said and said that Mike Babcock is a terrible human being the worst person that he's ever met, a bully who just came at people. Um, and it could be it could be from the cleaners to the arena to whoever. Um, he just attacked people just because. And the incident that Helios was specifically talking about was an incident in Nashville. And friends, and he, recalling that incident, he said that it was rough, scary, and shocking. And that's just one of the many things that he did to him, using um, him, like, verbally. Friends, and he said that from... 2011 on he was scared to be in the arena and that how Babcock created this illusion and how he was a expert at handling the media and like making a good system for teams but outside of that he was a terrible terrible human being and that's why his teams very rarely made it past the first round that was heartbreaking to listen to both instances Mitch and Franzen's situations with Babcock Franzen being so like him abusing him to the point where he has a panic attack in the locker room and then the the horrifying part is that no one sticks up for him 
No one says anything. And then even oh. if you kind of wanted to, Ken Holland comes down and says, if you have a problem with Babcock, like you can get traded. I wouldn't even know what to say. And it's just sad that, you know, anyone who thought of speaking up kind of felt pushed in a corner to the point where they didn't want to, you know, uproot their family's lives or, or do anything to just do the right thing. I, I, it just, it's sad. This, it just makes me so mad and so angry at Mike Babcock. Like, I knew he was shitty, like a shitty coach, but now we right. know he's an absolutely disgusting human being and it's heartbreaking to see. I think what's more, what's more upsetting to me about Babcock is how, outside of hockey, he's such a big advocate for mental health. And then for him to be like, oh, like your mental health matters, like as a person and who you are. And then to just be berating people to the point of like having anxiety attacks, like at your job, like how, how do those two things exist? And I think I was listening to a podcast and it said how like, yeah, someone, a lot of these coaches, like some people are going to be like, oh yeah, like this person was the absolute worst. And then for other players, they're going to be like, no, well, this coach did so much. Like, he did a lot of good things for me. Yes, he was terrible, but also he mm-hmm. did help people with his career. So it's not like all bad or all good. And it's just so hard to think about that. Because, first, I never like Mike, Mike Bab- Babcock, but. And I don't know. I, th- I tend to think, like, and this may not be true. This just may be my opinion. So keep that in mind. But I think that some people try to make up for how shitty they are by doing good things. So that people, more people say good things about you than they than bad things. And that's kind of how I feel right. like that situation is. The whole Mike Babcock thing is just crazy. And throughout this whole like week and a half of everything coming out, I feel like there were a lot of different hockey sites that really um, highlighted uh, writers of color, um, you know, anchors of color, like you saw a lot of different people of color speak on this issue. And something that I saw on Twitter kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So this was Anson Carter. Uh, he was on Hockey Night in Canada. And like, he had to come in and basically say, like, this isn't a witch hunt. Like, nobody's out here actively right. searching for people to get fired in the hockey community. What what's happening is that now you see people coming forward and, and calling people like letting everyone know what happened. And those people are going to be held responsible for their own actions. So if if you're racist and you've said racist things, people are going to call you out on it. And, you know, you have to reap what you sow. Like there's repercussions to your actions. This isn't like us, like, you know, finding false information. All this stuff has been, verified and it's to me i think i completely agree but i feel like people are kind of lumping all of this in with like all this together and i think it's different because i mean maybe i guess it's not because i was going to say like if you're being racist and you're being and you're being manipulative that's two separate issues, but I think a form of ra- like using racism as a form of manipulation is also true. So maybe it is the same. And 
I don't know. What do you think about that? I, I think they're all different forms of a of abuse and like different forms of trying to people under con- like under your control basically and to fear you. Like after that, like um, like, um Akima Luffy said that he basically like rebelled and and that's probably the opposite reaction that Bill Peters wanted. Like he wanted to get him under yeah. his control, and that's why he said that because he under. He knows that it's a very like triggering word from for black people coming from a white person, and he understands the history of that, so he knows exactly what he was doing. Yeah. Um, and 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 I feel like I see what you're saying, and like we shouldn't lumping it all together because I don't know. I feel like racist remarks are like stronger. Um, maybe it's because I'm black, but I I don't want to diminish like <laughs> things that Johan Fran Johan Franz exactly. went through and like Mitch Marner, and like these are all like different forms of abuse. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I like when I think about it, like I don't want to put one versus the other, but I think for me the racism really affects me because I've experienced that mm-hmm. obviously. So yeah. It's just, like, a messed up situation, but the good thing is that, like we talked about earlier, there this conversation is happening. It seems like a lot of the people that are coming out um, and, like, alleging abuse are kind of, um, how do I say this, like, bottom six guys. Like, do you think coaches targeted the bottoms because they knew that they couldn't target, like, the top players or... Like, I don't, I don't know, because it's, like, Sean Avery, Dan Carthill, like, these are people that were, like, enforcers on the ice. I don't know about Johan Franzen. He's before my time. But I feel like I, I'm, like, noticing a trend of players that are coming forward. But then I just sound dumb because Mitch Marner. Yeah, see, I don't know. I think there's, there's ins- things that you can take advantage of from each player. I think with Mitch, it's his age. Um, With some of those players, obviously, it's their Mm -hmm. position on the team. But I think that we see a lot of uh, bottom sixers come out and speak on these issues because their careers are pretty much over. You know, no one currently in hockey is stepping up and saying, you know, like no one currently in the Mm -hmm. NHL is saying that. Um, The whole Mitch situation is because a writer was like, oh, now that Babcock's gone, I I guess we can all talk about this. You know when you have a bad feeling about someone, but you can never point out why? Like, I always knew that I did not want um, Mike Babcock around rookies. Um, And, like, it was just like, I didn't like how he was talking to them on the ice. Like, I didn't like how he was cheating their ice time. And then to have this, like, is. Like, my um, gut feelings are being confirmed in the worst way. Yeah. Just like, yeah. I don't know. But it's, you know, the player, the people and the players or the former players who are speaking out about, about this completely have my support. We've seen some, we've seen two sides of the coin, definitely. Like, a Dan Carcillo and then a Zach Boychuk. Not going to go into detail with that one, but <sighs> yikes. <laughs> Like what? First of all, first of all, you you like you have a bot writing your Twitter account following <laughs> everyone, and the first time it's actually you tweeting. You oh, like, like it's absolutely it makes perfect sense. 
It makes perfect sense. The first time we actually see him, he's like he's tweeting out like horrible things. He's a monster. Yeah, absolutely. I tweeted out and I muted the tweet, so I really don't know what ever, what else, other comments I got. But I was like, you know, with this coming out, like the racism, the controlling nature, and the abuse that coaches have spe- done to players. All those people that bashed Jess Allen, like, where are you now? Like, all the people that quoted on their Insta stories <laughs> and tweeted it out, talking about hockey players are one of the nicest people. Like, what kind of players are you talking about? Like, wh- where are you now? Like, <laughs> I would love to see y'all talk about that. Because you talk about how, how dare you talk about, like, rich white men when, like, play like these rich white men are getting, like, abused. You, and you, you're quiet. I just, I'm not shocked, but I'm just like, that makes absolutely no sense. Like y'all all, everyone joins together to hate on this one woman. And maybe you could just say hate on this one person. It doesn't specifically have to be a woman, but I, I feel like there's some issues there. But everyone's quiet when you found out that the guys that you say are good, sweet guys are getting abused. And the coaches who grew up as these good, sweet guys are doing the abusing and spewing out racial right. racial slurs. I would like that question answered. And that will No one has anything to say now. So. Oh, something that I forgot to mention. Akeem Lu, when he's meeting with the NHL, um, I guess the NHL, he he lawyered up basically, and his lawyers are from the firm I think that represented Hawk. Colin Kaepernick um and so hopefully I don't know something actually comes of this so good luck to him even though I doubt he wants to play hockey anymore he's like 30 yeah hey everyone thank you so much for listening to where's my stick as you can see we have a ton of fun on our podcast if you ever thought about starting your own podcast you should take a look into anchor if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it's free There's even a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere from Spotify and Apple Podcasts and many more. Yeah, and you can even make money from your podcast right from the beginning with no minimum listenership, which was great for us as a growing podcast. And I know it'll be great for you, too. It's basically everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So if you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, so moving on, kind of, to the Penguins. They still cannot get rid of their injury bug. Two people got hurt literally from falling in practice. Like, I just, you can't make this up. Who else got hurt? Brian Besides Horny. Rust and horny. (laughs) Oh my god. Jesus. Okay. But Dumo, he had, he went, he underwent ankle surgery, so he's going to be out for two months. Patrick Hornquist fell um, December 2nd, and he's going to be evaluated for a lower body injury. Brian Rust fell also, and he's (laughs) out for a lower body injury. Um, good news, I guess. Justin Schultz, he's been skating, and the next step is to rejoin practice. 
and he's been out since November 21st, so like about a week. Sid still out. Bukestad is still out. Hopefully that November, I can't even be like November's over, so hopefully they'll stop getting injured because Horny got injured today. It's like getting to the point where, what are we gonna do? Like the team, the half of the team is Wilkesbury Scranton. Like we literally have no one else. Do you think that <laughs> Rutherford I mean, is gonna make a trade? And if he does, for what? I don't know because they haven't been playing that badly. They're still low key collecting wins. Um, are they? And their losses haven't necessarily been. I feel like they're getting a couple, and, like, their losses haven't necessarily been, like, because the team is playing horrible. So they're currently 14-9-4. And and they have lost two in a row. They lost their last two. Yeah. And then before that, they were on a three-game win streak. So, I mean, I just don't think that they'll this team will be as dominant or, or continue to collect wins without Brian Dumoulin. Because you're you're without Brian Dumoulin. I don't Dumoulin, think this you're is out. sustainable. It's, it can't be. I mean, their underlying numbers are really good. But, I mean, there's just too many injuries. And they were saying that Crosby won't be back until the new year. So he's still out a month. Nick Bukestad is probably out two months. What positions do you think they should trade for? A defenseman or a forward? Both. I don't even know. Like, they need a defenseman. Like, what's available besides Taylor Hall that they can't get? I don't know. But I definitely think they should try to get Taylor Hall. Like, we have enough players on in uh, like long-term injury reserve that you could fit Taylor into the cap. Hmm. Who would like, go to New Jersey, though? Dude, I don't... Staten Island boy. I have no idea. I would give them, like, Rue Weedle and a second. Do we even have our second? Probably not. Wow. <laughs> you know I love Rue Weedle. <laughs> wow. You know I love him. But to get Taylor Hall... I know. No, I probably, I oh my like, gosh. that's probably not smart to yeah. trade a defenseman when you have no defenseman. But, like, I can't do, yeah. I love Ruedel, like I said, but I can't do a, a Ruedel, a Trotman pairing anymore. <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think it's good. I can't do that. I get, I understand why GMGR wouldn't, because, uh, yeah, he, he can't. Like, people know you're desperate. So. Right. I don't know. But there's something else that's been plaguing the Penguins. I mean, I, I wouldn't say this is a... He's been plaguing <sighs> the Penguins, but... There's been whispers, which there always are. There always is. Yeah, in, in Penguins Twitter. But they might be on to something. So, um, Matt Murray. Oh. He, he might be bad. I don't want to hear you say um, it. Okay, well, let's just rip the band-aid off. So I'm just going to say his, um, in the last five games, his save percentages. Um, so again, St. Louis, 
he was a point. He was at eight fifteen against Vancouver, a seven fourteen against the Islanders. The second time he was a eight thirty three against the Islanders again, a eight eighty one, and against the Devils he was a nine oh five. Like so. against the Devils, that is that. How does that happen? I'm not blaming that. But, like, I'm also just, like, confused. Wait, okay, the Devils was a 2-1 loss. How many shots did they get? (laughs) Oh, no. 21. (laughs) Jesus. Okay, so there, you've made some points. Like, what, like, what about it? It's just, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's wrong. I think that every goalie goes through some, like, a a tough patch like this. And I think that Matt always does, though. Like, I think historically he's gone through a couple tough patches. Or I don't even know why I said tough. Rough patches where he doesn't play his best and then he comes back and and is better. Um, We're just still waiting for him to come back and be better. But we did see Sullivan... Um, start playing Jari a little bit more. Yeah, which he deserves. He definitely deserves. And I think that, you know, the game that he may have wanted back, I don't think the Penguins played that well in front of him. But to be fair, I believe in that game, the Columbus game. Yeah. So the Columbus game uh, led him four uh, goals on 33 shots. Um, and that was good enough for our 862 save percentage, which is still like that's not better than a good two- day. <laughs> oh, God, come on! Like, can you not for one second? I'm trying. I feel like you're like like hitting me while I'm down, which you are known to do. No, uh-huh. I'm not. The month of November has not been kind to Matt Murray. No, it hasn't. And that's why we're out of it. So, you know, hopefully we can look forward into December. And they're going to need Matt and Jari to be as good as they can be. Because they are playing some tough people. Like, if we look forward, they play St. Louis again. um, Probably when you're hearing this. And then Arizona, Kessel's return. They play Montreal and Columbus the week after. They're going to need both goaltenders to be at their best. Yeah. Do you think that Sullivan blitz the games 50-50 between them, or do you still think Matt gets the majority of the starts? I, I think because Tristan has been playing so well, and it's something that you can't, like, ignore, that he's going to get more starts. Um, but I do hope that because of that, Matt's like, oh, no, like, I need to, like, he'll fuel off the competition, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Penguins do have three back-to-backs in the month of December. So Jari will at least get three starts. So I guess, like, you know, if you don't have anything else. Nope. Well, that was our real quick little episode, which didn't end up being that quick. (laughs) All right, everyone. So that concludes everything for us today. Feel free to look us up anywhere podcasts are found. We are Where's My Stick Everywhere. And if we're not on something that you prefer, let us know so that we can be on that. 
Um, on Twitter, we are at under, where's underscore my underscore stick. On Twitter, bye. Bye.